Oh, thank you all. That was fantastic. That was fantastic. It's good to be here today. Good to see those that are here and good to uh, be with you um, on our live stream. Uh, well, I'm excited today. We're getting ready to start a new series. I think it's very timely for events and where we are. Uh, but I want to say uh, just a few housekeeping things. I want, to, I want to thank everyone that has had me over for lunch or dinner or coffee um, and continue to do that. If you haven't yet, we'll just keep at it uh, because even though it's just kind of one at a time, um, it makes me uh, more familiar with you even though you're watching. And so uh, those have been fantastic and I want to continue the, to encourage you uh, to set a time that we can get together. Um, and I'm also looking for uh, small groups and other opportunities, uh, like men's breakfast, any, any time that we can get together, um, or if you have a small group you'd like me to participate in, um, please feel free, call me. I, I would love to participate. As a part of our series, our Soul Reset series, uh, we're going to have two times. I just tried to pick the best kind of different times. One's going to be Sunday evening at 7. Um, and if you, they're going to be on Zoom. So if you're interested, uh, let Lisa know or let myself know and we will get you hooked up with an invite. Uh, so 7 o'clock on Sunday evenings. But then also on Wednesday at 8.30 that's kind of an odd time in the evening, but we were kind of, I've ta I was talking to some of the parents with little kids, and they said a later time would be better. Maybe they get the kids in bed, or you can take turns, um, but so those are our two times, Sunday at 7 and uh, Wednesday night at 8.30, all right? Um, I think that's all the announcements I've had, but again, this is the book. If you haven't ordered it, it's not too late. We're going to go along with this book throughout our series, okay? All right. Our scripture today comes out of Matthew, and it's uh, Matthew chapter 11, beginning verse 25. Listen for the word of the Lord. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and revealed them to the little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me. All of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. This is the word of God for the people of God. I was looking at some statistics and some sample surveys. One was from a group of, of, of a sample of 2018, and one was 2020, these last few months, uh, going through March, through April, on into today. And it, it, as you look, listen to these, you hear kind of a sign, uh, a symptom of what's going on. 
in, in our hearts and because of the situations we find ourselves. So in the 2020 sample of participants, there was eight, they were more eight times as likely to screen for a serious mental illness. 28% in 2020 compared to 3.4% in 2018. Uh, the majority, 70% compared to 25%, the majority screened for some type of uh, moderate to mild to serious mental disturbances, illnesses. Um, the younger adults, 18 to 44, were more likely to, um, to report some type of mental illness, whether it be serious or, or, or moderate. Um, they were more likely than the older folks, like give 60 and over. And they attribute that to maybe, you know, they're more financially set, they've already had their jobs, and, and younger folks were more likely to lose their, lose their jobs or have financial issues. Uh, and, and the list goes along. It, the, the help hotline list uh, has seen like thousand percent increase, these, these emergency emotional distress hotlines, uh, these different uh, talk Therapy online has seen like 65% increase from one company. And it just goes on and on. Kaiser Family Foundation poll has said nearly half of Americans report that the coronavirus crisis has affected their mental health. And this is probably not surprising to hear. Maybe it's affirmation, confirmation of what we kind of already know. But in the midst of this, and, and the, uh, the list is long, but you get the point of what I'm talking about. And it, it, mental health, health illness is not always um, tied to soul health, but it's definitely an indicator. So if we take all of these statistics about mental illness or emotional illness, emotional distress, um, I think the question that John Wesley used to start his small groups with um, is more important than ever. And that question that I want to ask you, that God wants to ask you, that I want you to sincerely ask yourself is, how is it with your soul? That's really what this whole point of this series is, is that how is it with your soul? Does it need to be reset? Does it need to be revived? Does it need to be uh, resurrected, so to speak? And, and think about that. I mean, we say all the time, how are you, right? Hey, how are you doing? And we usually sit, it's, it's zip back, oh, I'm fine, I'm good. And it's really, not really a... a question that we're really asking. It's just more of a greeting. And I know when someone, when you say, hey, how, how are you? And then all of a sudden someone takes the time and you're like, oh, oh, you're actually going to tell me, right? And so we kind of ask that question a lot, but it's not really deep in there. You know, really the reflection of how is it with your soul? And do you even know? Because we don't ask that question. We don't reflect 
that deeply. The busyness of the things that are going on continually just keep us preoccupied. So I'm not even sure if we've reflected on that. I know <clears throat> many of you know that uh, because of the pandemic and because of all the craziness that, that I'm staying here, my, my wife uh, stayed in Fort Worth and we're kind of commuting see you every weekend. But it, so I'm, I'm in a situation where I am kind of isolated in the busyness of my regular life. Uh, the routines that I was in are gone. And so there's, this has been a real time of reflection for me. Um, and especially with this series coming up, I've been asking myself that question and looking, what troubles my soul? What, what um, revives my soul? What, what is good? And I'm not just talking about external things uh, in the world because it's not always reflective. We might look put together in the world and we might have our schedules marked off and we, all our finances in order. We might look like we have it all together, but that's not saying what is feeding our soul. It's not answering the question, how is it with my soul? And so I've had some deep reflections about my wife and, and um my family and, and where do I spend my time and where were my priorities. And one of the things that I learned that I get so set in the busyness of life that I often not even thinking about my soul. I'm just on automatic pilot. And I just go through and, and I haven't had a reflect. I've, I've had a time to really think, yeah, and this I hope this isn't news to her, but you know what I've reflected? I really love my wife, right? Now that she's not around all the time and she's reprimanding me for something I've done, now that I'm out of that and I think about it and I'm like, wow, I really miss her. And, and that does my soul good when, when I nurture that relationship. It, it is just a time of reflection that if I hadn't stepped out of the, the world or haven't been caused to step out of my world and reflect and think differently, I would have just kept going. And I realize, and, and she probably will fall over if she's watching, right? I realize that I miss her and I love her. It has taken me to a place that I realize how deep in my soul we are connected. But if I hadn't been forced into this reflection, I might not have thought in those terms or reflected and got to this point. And so I do, we are all in different situations, but I want us as we go through this series to ask ourselves, how is it with my soul? Really deep down, because when we get down to it, that is what all of this is about, our souls. Jesus says in our text today, come and, and I will give your soul rest. And when you really think about those words at a soul level, deep level, I don't know about you, but I know that just my tendency is to be aggressive and to go after things. And, and oftentimes, I might be getting things done, but if I'm honest with myself, 
my soul is not in rest. And sometimes I just hear those words and say, that sounds so nice to say, my soul is at rest. I am at peace. Jesus says, do not be afraid of those that can kill the body, but those that can destroy the soul. Jesus is concerned with our souls. Jesus, that's the harvest that Jesus talks about, is the harvest of his people, of our souls. In Matthew 26, Jesus says, what good, this is how important it is, what good is it that if someone would gain the whole world, yet lose their soul? That is how important this series is. That is how important it is that we need to say, how am I taking care of my soul? First, we need to reflect and maybe step out of our, the busyness of our lives and reflect how is my soul? Is it in turmoil? Is it at rest? Is it at peace? Is it troubled? Because we have to uh, look first the condition of our souls. And then we have to be attentive. What fills my soul with joy and peace and the fruits of those spirits? Right? What fills my soul with that? And what hurts my soul? What hurts my soul? Well, just hurts and tears down. And we have to be very reflective in a way that we're not every day. We have to give ourselves over to say, Lord, open my eyes and my heart by the power of your Holy Spirit that I might see where I'm hurting my soul and that I might see how I can raise my soul up. See, so this is my kind of metaphor of understanding our souls. Uh, when we, we are born into this life and our souls have a shelf life, as I see it. We are separated from God, the very source of life, because of sin and original sin, and, and we will grow into that. And so we're separated. So if we look at it in those terms, we're separated from the very source of life. And so in this life, we have a shelf life that we are, the day we're born, we begin dying. That, that time is coming. But at some point, if we are reconnected to the very, very source of life, then we're reconnected to God through Christ. And we receive the power of that Holy Spirit and it comes in us. And we are reborn, as Jesus told Nicodemus. We are born of the Spirit. We are reconnected. And now we have life. And that is what nurtures and brings our souls back to life. And we must continually, once we get reconnected through Christ, continually maintain that, that flow of God's Spirit in our lives that, that gives our souls life. Remember Jesus was talking to the woman by the well? And, and he tells, I have water that you do not know about. Living water. He was talking about the very Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit that, that gives us new life, regenerates our broken souls. And she says, give me some of that water. 
And that's what some, when I see in my head or sometimes feel in my soul, I feel that, that dryness. Like my soul is just shriveling up when I, when I don't keep that flow and, and I need that drink of God's living water deep in my spirit. And we have to be careful as church people, we can get very busy with church. And I'm doing this churchy thing, and I'm doing this churchy thing. And if we're not connected, that doesn't mean we're receiving the living water that we're supposed to. And yet, pastors be the first to tell you, you can be very busy in church, but your soul can be drying up. It's not the same thing. But when you have worship like we have, when you go to, well, I'll get to that part. I'm getting ahead of myself. But in the book, he uses the metaphor about first base, that, that we can't forget the first thing. The most important, he says, if you hit a home run and you don't touch first base, none of it matters. Doesn't count. Don't forget first base. And that's basically saying, don't forget the most important thing. And that is being with Jesus. I did the story of Mary and Martha. Jesus, it was all about Jesus was coming and Jesus was going to abide with them. Jesus was going to stay there. I mean, that's what everything was about. And Martha was just getting busy because Jesus was there. And now he doesn't say it like this, but this is what he means. He said, he tells them, you know, you're, you're missing being in my presence because you're so busy because I'm here. And we can get like that in church, and we can get like that in our lives, and just go, just let the busyness of our lives take us, and not even realize that our soul might be drying up. And so, again, I'm going to keep asking you this. I want you to reflect deeply, how is it with your soul? Because sometimes, you know, if we're not careful, that flow of living water that brings life to our souls can be restricted. And it just starts trickling in. And so we got to be very intentional to make sure that flow is strong and powerful. And the first part is this is a part of this question, how is it with your soul? We have to make sure to, to use the, a plumbing metaphor for water that our pipes aren't clogged up, right? Because we can go through life, especially now in this pandemic when some of you have work issues, some of you have financial issues, some of you have um, too close quarter issues. <laughs> there, there's a lot, right? And if we're not careful, we let stuff build up in us. Gunk, I think is the theological word for it. Gunk. Right? And it could be fear, it could be anxiety, it could be worry, it could be anger. I mean, it just, it just builds up and builds up. And before we know it, we just feel yucky. We, we feel this burden that it talks about. And we're just weighed down and dried up. And so we have to be intentional about making sure we, we clear out the junk. And how do we do that? 
We, the Ash and Ash talked about lamenting, right? Um, well, we begin with lamenting, which is saying the truth, whether it be negative or, or where, where is the bad places in my heart, what it, because then that leads to confession and repentance and forgiveness. We do that once when we come to Christ and you say, you confess you're a sinner, and you say, I don't want my will, I want your will, and you confess, repent, and have forgiveness. But this is a rinse, repeat type thing, because I don't know about you, but even though I'm saved, even though I'm a pastor, even though I'm a Christian, might just be me, I still make mistakes. I still mess up. Much as I realize how much I love my wife even more at a deeper level, I still make her mad from time to time. So there, that's how we Continually clean out. Don't let gunk build up. Lament, repentance, confession, forgiveness, and grace. You got to clean the pipes. Keep the flow open. And then that living water continues to, to flow into our souls and into our spirits and revives us. So that we can go through what God has for us. And the second thing is, we can't let gunk build up. We've got to keep the pipes clean. But we also got to open up the flow. We got to turn on the spigot and let it come. Because the problem is, if we are not flowing out God's living water of blessing and grace, truth and love, and all the good stuff that comes with it, then God's not going to pour it in. Billy Graham in a book, read a long time ago called Secret of Happiness, talks about a stagnant pond. He said in a, a pond or a body of water becomes stagnant when there's no outflow. If there's no outflow, it will become stagnant and it will be a dead pond. The same thing is with God's living water. Right? We have to have a strong outflow or there won't be any inflow. And so how do we do that? We keep these channels, we open up the faucets on what we call the means of grace. So we need to be intentional about clearing out our pipes, but we also need to be intentional about opening up the flow. And we do that through the means of grace. I'll just narrow them down to five. It's, it's larger, but scripture, prayer, worship, fellowship with other believers, and service. Serving other people, being selfless. It is through these things that God says, I will pour my spirit onto you. And it could be, now, and this isn't pick one. We might have a gift or a desire for one, but just like the, the, the body needs a, a, a balanced diet, Right? You've got to eat a variety of different fruits, vegetables, proteins, different things. You can't just sit on one or you're going to be lacking. Same thing with the, the spiritual diet. It's got to be all of these for a balance. Now, you might have one that, that you're particularly drawn to. Maybe it's worship. Um, maybe it's prayer. For me, uh, my main go-to is Scripture. 
When, when, when my soul is just, I've gone through those times and my, I've let the gunk build up and the flow is restricted and, I have, and I've grown distant from God and my soul's drying up and I just don't know what else to do or my soul is troubled, I know I can just go grab the Bible, done this several times, and just open it up and start reading. It might take a chapter. It might take four chapters. But I know God's going to meet me there. And I'm going to find rest for my soul. Happens every time. Not one time have I done that when I needed to and God didn't show up and nurture my soul. But it's got to be all of these. It can't just, well, accountability to fellow Christians. One, this is one thing I think a lot of Christians are missing. That a group of maybe at least one, maybe a few people that you could go and you can tell them what's really going on with you. That you can say, pour out your heart because you have a relationship and you know they love you like Christ loves you. They know everything about you and love you anyway and they're never going to stop loving you so you can share what your real struggles are. What your real burdens are. That's vital to keeping that living water going because if we don't let that stuff out, it's just going to build up and build up. And so it's all of these. And so in this time when we're isolated, when there's things going on that's, that's stressing us emotionally, physically, mentally, it is imperative that we are intentional about nurturing our souls. How is it with your soul? We need to be asking that question. And if it's not where it needs to be, or if there's turmoil, or there's trouble, then you need to first clear out the pot. What do you need to ask for forgiveness for? Maybe from God. Maybe in your close quarters. Maybe from your spouse. Maybe someone that worry. I, it, the list is long. But whatever it is, have, have you let it build up? Is there anger? Is there anxiety? Is there stuff that's troubling your soul? You need to clean that stuff out. And then you need to open up the flow of God's living water through the means of grace. And again, it's okay to have your primary. But you need all of these. You need all of these for a balanced diet that's going to nurture and revive. And when you do these, I promise you, because it's not me, it's God's promise, and it's God's faithfulness, and it's God's righteousness, and God will always show up. If you go meet him, he said, I'll meet you there. But you got to show up. And when you show up, God always shows up. And that living water begins to pour into you. And even in spite, doesn't matter what your circumstance, your circumstances might be saying, hey, you shouldn't be happy. You shouldn't have peace. But see, it doesn't come from our peace, our joy. Does not come from the outside. Does not come from this world. It comes from a well of living water bubbling up, flowing into our hearts from the inside. And it nurtures and waters your soul at the roots. And when you can find that, I've had moments in my life where I've, God has brought me to that place where I can say, my soul is at rest. 
And now I can answer that question. Jim, how is it with your soul? It is good and peaceful. And that's where God wants us. So as we go through this, ask yourself, be honest with yourself. Let the Holy Spirit open you up and say, how is it with my soul? Let us pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for your grace and for your mercy. I thank you for the rest that you give us in you. Lord, help us to, as you say and and tell us to seek first the kingdom of God, knowing all other things will be added unto us. Lord, help us to be honest with ourselves and look deeply into our souls at this time, in these situations, in this unique time in our life. Lord, let us be very intentional about nurturing our souls, about allowing you to uh, come and to mend them and to revive them and to fill them and to nurture them by your living water. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.